Building Faith podcast from Chris Reese Ministries is a podcast to bring biblically-based messages and in-depth conversations to help you live your faith every day. For more tools, tips, and teachings, check out our Life Church community by going to lifechurch.com, L-Y-F-E hyphen church.com. Have you ever said something you wish you could take back? I sure have. Well, hey, my friend, welcome back to another edition of the Building Faith Podcast, where we help you to live your faith every day. I am so thrilled to be here with you. I am your host, Chris Reese, and we are in episode 127, and we are talking about how to speak the truth in love. And today, I am talking to my friend and my very own coach, Dwight Bain. Dwight is a counselor, a coach, professional communicator, author, and talk show host. And Dwight guides people in rewriting their story through the power of personal change. He is a long-life resident of Orlando, Florida, where he lives with his beautiful family. And not only does Dwight teach strategic change to achieve rapid results, but Dwight is also my coach. And he has been an integral part of the growth of my business and my ministry. And together, Dwight and I are talking about how to speak the truth in love, which was a recent sermon that was preached at lifechurch.com. So if you're not familiar with our online church, I want to encourage you to jump on over to Life Church to check it out. That's L-Y-F-E hyphen church.com. So join us for a few minutes as we talk about how to speak the truth in love. Then when we come back, we're going to dive deep with Dwight Bain. Today, we are going to talk about how to speak the truth in love. Do you have difficulty telling someone the truth? Perhaps you're afraid that they won't like you. Or are you the type that just tells it like it is, but then struggles with the regret over how you said it? Ephesians 4.15 pleads with us when it reads, Instead, speaking the truth in love love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Now, if I could interpret Paul's words here, I would say that he's telling us we need to grow up. Verse 15 begins with instead, which means that there's an alternative. And if there's an alternative, then it's likely an alternative that they weren't choosing. You see, in verse 14, just prior, he referred to us as infants being deceived and tossed around. Then in verse 15, he says, instead do this, speaking the truth in love. And in doing so, we will now grow to become in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. And verse 16 goes on from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. And each part does its work. Look, Ephesians chapter 4 refers to the unity and the maturity in the body of Christ. And the purpose of the church is to perfect you for a place of service, to bring you to a place of maturity so that the body of Christ might be edified, which is built up. So our job as believers is to build each other up. Look, we are either destroying or we're building. But here's what I've noticed. Many people are torn between love and truth. Some have no issue in telling you like it is, and others are so sweet and sappy all in the name of love. 
So what does it actually mean to speak the truth in love? See, oftentimes I see Christians, we swing the pendulum from one extreme to the other. We go from biting our tongues to keeping the peace to emotionally and verbally vomiting all over someone when we can't take it anymore. But some even reach the point where they say, I don't care. I don't care what this person thinks of me. I'm going to speak my mind. And the truth is, we should care. We should care how we present ourselves to others, especially in times of conflict and disagreement, because this, this is the ideal time for Christ to shine through us. And there are some that speak so much truth that it's void of love. And the message is actually missed. Look, it's like going to uh, the most expensive steakhouse and ordering the primest cut meat, only to have it served up half cooked on a paper plate. Yes, that may be the finest filet, but now I don't want it. And there are some that always seem to have a point to prove. They can't let anything go, and they have little tolerance for those with a different point of view than theirs. But in contrast, there are those who skirt the truth all in the name of love, and they are desirous of being liked, and they avoid those hard topics. And these people seem more loving on the surface with their sweet way of talking and their overemphasis on how much they care. But the truth is, they're avoiding the truth. And we, as the body of Christ, can become deceived if we fall prey to these loving people. Think of God himself. He often corrects. Hebrews 12:6 reminds us, for the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. So, how do we come to salvation? Well, we believe on the one whom God sent, yes, but we confess that we are sinners. We saw the truth in us. You see, many people are so focused on love that they will often leave you in your sin for the sake of comfort. My friend, this is not love. And every time someone wrongs us, every time we see someone in sin, every time we have to deliver a difficult truth, we have the opportunity to be like Christ. Well, hey, Dwight, it is so great to have you here today. I was just sharing with our listeners why I am personally especially excited to have you on today's show, because not only do I know that you're going to come with a wealth of wisdom, but I'm going to let our listeners in on a little secret. You are my personal coach, and I cannot wait to have our listeners glean from you. So welcome, Dwight. I'm so happy you're here. Well, thank you so much for that. And uh, also, we'll explain to individuals who are dialed in today, Chris, why they're going to hear me sound like such a fanboy. And they're going to go, man, he is really cheering for her. He believes in Chris or her message where God has positioned her in the kingdom. Because years ago, I saw this vision, this incredible message that God gave you to take out mm. to the marketplace. And, and I'm happy to be one of many people who benefited from your wisdom to see your books and to be part of a conversation today about truth, because we live in a time, Chris, where there's so much confusion, there's so much doubt, there's so much almost hostility, because this mm. side says we have the truth, and this side says we have the truth, and, and it's almost like they're coming to blows, 
But when you're able to see the truth, the Bible teaches, it will set you free. Amen. So when people are screaming and shouting at the top of their lungs, the one thing you know they don't have is freedom. Because if they had freedom, they would have peace inside. That's you so don't true. have to scream if you, feel, if you feel deep peace. And so to speak the truth in a loving way, Ephesians 4.15 is, is essential to what our faith is about. That is so true. That is so true. So I, I knew this topic was going to be ripe with wisdom coming from you. And I'd love for you to share with our listeners. So you're a counselor, you're a coach. Why do most people come to you for help? Well, uh, thanks for, for asking because people get stuck in their mm-hmm. life. And I help people manage change. If they get stuck about a relationship issue, something from their past, something traumatic that happened, right. then those are counseling topics, mental health topics. Uh, something you know, awful happened when they were a kid. And, and the exciting news is God can heal that and God right. can redeem that. It's one of the main things that you've written about and that you help so many people, especially so many women to know you don't have to stay stuck in that, right? right. So those are counseling topics. Now, sometimes people are stuck in a place that sounds weird to you and frankly sounds weird to me. They're stuck in a place called boredom. Mm. And you and I are thinking, bored? What's that? <laughs> right? Because you're always busy doing things. I'm busy doing things and I want to be right. productive and I want to make a difference in this world for, for the master and the, the message I feel entrusted to carry. But when somebody's bored, they look at their life and they go, you know, there's got to be more to it than this. They look at their career and they're just stuck and they're bored and they're frustrated. Now, the danger when people get bored mm. and stuck and frustrated is usually they do not make good decisions. That's true. And they are easily tempted and evil knows that. You may remember King David, you know, he sends the troops off to war. I, you, know, you guys got this. You guys got this. I'm, I'm going to stay here. You know, I'm going to watch Golf Channel. I don't know. I'm going to stay here in the castle. Oh, look, my neighbor's wife is taking a bath. That's better than golf. Let me just watch <laughs> that. And the whole Bathsheba incident, and it right. changed David's future because he was bored. He did not go out to war. He did not go focus. And so the coaching side of what I do is to take somebody who says, I think there's got to be more meaning, purpose, fulfillment. Mm -hmm. I've got this sense inside that I was put on this planet to make a difference. I'm just, I'm just not doing that. I want to, but I'm not. Can you show me what to do next? Right? So if somebody's stuck in the past, we're going to use counseling to get them to a place of equilibrium, stability, strength. And, and if they're stuck in the present, we're going to say, what were you born to do? Are you mm-hmm. doing that? Because if they're not, then let's, let's figure out how we can build a pathway to, right. to the place that God designed you to live. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. So well said. And that is exactly what you did for me. Now, I didn't come to you bored, but I came to you saying, I know that God has a message inside of me and I need to get it out. And one of the things that I absolutely loved about you was your ability to speak the truth in love. And you did that so well with me. There were times when you were nurturing and encouraging, and there were times where I got the well-deserved kick in the pants. <laughs> and I knew that when this topic came up, I said, I, I, I really need Dwight to bring forth a lot of his wisdom. So when you're coaching and, and even counseling clients, where do you see the inability to speak the truth in love playing out the most? Where do you see the most problems? I'm glad you asked that because it's not just in coaching 
dynamics, but I think it's in a lot of personal relationships. Mm. You know, it is not hard. Think, you know, in the holiday season, you know, people come to our home for Thanksgiving, they come to our home for Christmas, and, and we know the one that's going to drink too much, or the one that's going to talk about political things, or the one that's going to just make it miserable for everybody else. Everybody knows she's going to bring up a, a difficult topic. Everybody already knows that. So we don't need any help with what is the truth. We need courage. Mm. Now, listen to the word. It's a biblical word. It's a spiritual gift. Encouragement. Some people have a gift of encouragement. Encouragement isn't warm fuzzies. It's courage. Yeah. Courage doesn't mean you don't have fear. It means you move forward in spite of the fear. And so to speak the truth in a loving way is to have the courage to say, Uncle Fred, you drink too much at Thanksgiving and you ruin it for everybody. Mm. You know, Aunt Sally, you, you sometimes you bring political commentary and we're just here to have a meal. We, we didn't invite the grandkids to come and to learn who you think they should have voted for. Right. We're really here about our relationship, not to prove who's right. So to speak the truth, you know, one is to know the truth. Scripture teaches if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. But when we take a, a government leader like Pilate, you know, he's dealing with Jesus and he looks and he says, what is truth? So here's an elected official that doesn't even understand what truth is. Truth is an ultimate reality. There is a God. I'm not him. He surrendered his son, Jesus Christ, for my sins, which were many. And the truth of that knowledge allows me to be indwelled with God's Holy Spirit and to have a power inside against the old nature, mm. to live free in the new nature, to be the person God designed me to be. And now to be able to go out with those purposes, that life passion, that sense of meaning, satisfaction, fulfillment. This is what I was born to do. And when I'm doing that, I believe it brings honor and glory to God. And I believe it brings the greatest fulfillment to me because it's what I was born to do in this moment of time. And right now, Chris, it's with you and it's with your listeners. I so appreciate that. You know, you said something very poignant. I, I think there's a common misconception that speaking the truth in love means I have to package it in flowers and, and, and I don't bring out the, the hard stuff. But what you're saying is we have to say what is truth and we have to bring that forth with courage. I love that. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. You know, there's a, a term that people use and they don't even know what it means. And they'll say, I got your back, bro. I got your back. And I don't even know exactly what that means. I think it means I'm supporting you, but it, yes. I don't think it means anything. <laughs> but let me give you a, a spin on that. Who's got your front, Chris Reese? Mm. Who is the person that comes into your life to be able to say, this is something that needs attention? Right. You know, I found this is, this is more of a critique. It's not a criticism. And I think sometimes that's why nice people, because I grew up in the South and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and, mm. you know, and, and we all love Jesus. And I know that, you know, you, you don't want to give up that sin pattern, but, but it's okay. You know, Jesus is, right. Jesus is cool with it. You know, God is love. He loves you. <laughs> Instead of, you know, God is holy, be holy, saith yeah. the Lord God. Right. And so who's got your front. And this is the spiritual gift. Some people say of prophecy where I'm just able to speak the truth. Now, you may recall in the Old Testament of Scripture, they, most of the old prophets were martyred and killed because nobody really wanted to hear right. the truth. So I like to package things with a critique. You know, I think you'd get better results with the kids if you weren't on their case all the time. A mm. critique. Criticism is to say, you really, you know, are doing this terrible. If I'm criticizing somebody, right. they mostly just want to defend themselves. Absolutely. 
But if I say, I think there's a way to get better results with, with the family, better results at work. If I could show you a way to get better results, w- would you want to know? Mm. And er- every time people say, well, yeah. You know, and this is you know, in, in the world of executive coaching, you know, where I spend a lot of time in that space, we talk about emotional intelligence, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. We talk about individuals who are able to see their own blind spots and gaps and character issues so that they can work on those areas. Because when I am fully aware, well, now I'm living truth. Mm. Can I see me the way other people see me? And ultimately, Chris, can I see me the way that God sees me? Right. The one that he designed for his greater purposes. Of course, he knows the, the sin that I was redeemed from. He knows my story. He designed me, Psalms 139. When I was in my mom's tummy, he designed me. He knew the gaps, the weaknesses. Mm-hmm. He knew the traumatic things that would happen. And he knew how, right next to that trauma, right. how that his spirit would redeem and heal. So, yeah, there are battle scars. But those battle scars are trophies of grace. Mm. And being able to know what God has redeemed and healed me from. Right. That's why I share a story of what, you know, in some places they call a testimony. And I just say, here's what Jesus Christ did to change my life. Because when I can share Mm -hmm. that truth that I have experienced of God's healing power, I share that with other people. Sometimes it gives them courage. There's our word. Mm -hmm. Them to say, do you think God would do that for me? And the good news is, yes, he would. He wants to see you set free. Yeah. Amen to that. So it's funny, you said you grew up in the South where everything was sugar coated. I grew up in the Northeast where everything was thrown at you. <laughs> Here, you will me? get this. <laughs> <laughs> so both extremes are, are neither beneficial nor biblical. So what would you say to that one listening who's having difficulty either finding their voice in love or finding their voice in truth? Well, that is actually a a hard question. So we're going to start by looking in the mirror. You know, do you line up as a too hard, you know, too difficult, mm. you, you know, whack them in the head? Do you line up as too soft? Right. right. So let, let's deal with our kind of our own communication style. And that's going to flow out of, of how we grew up. And it's okay because God knows that. Mm-hmm. But when I can step back and say, if, if somebody else were in this conversation, what would they say? What would they do? How would they approach it? Especially if we're dealing with our relatives, our marriage partners. Well, it's so hard. If I say that, it's really going to hurt his feelings. And he's going to be all moody and grumpy. And we're going on vacation in two weeks. And right. So I need to get all of that out of the way to say in the simplest form possible, the emperor has no clothes. If you remember the children's, you know, Mm. story, everybody else, like I'm afraid to tell the king what everybody else knows. Right. Because it's not about clothing. It's about everybody else sees the gap, the weak spot, the character flaw, but everybody's afraid to say it. Mm. But a a little kid can say, she's just a bully. (laughs) That's right. A little child can say, why do you mean, why do you let them get away with that? Right. Right. A little child would say, you don't let anybody else smoke in the house. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't think truth is that hard to find. I think it's very objective if I don't know the people. Mm. Once I know them and I start to layer in my relationship with them and I want them to like me and what's going to happen and is this going to mess up, you know, the holidays. Right. It's all of my baggage, right? So let's clean that up. And then I think it is easier for someone to say, 
sometimes you sound like a bully and I mm. don't think it helps people draw close to you. I think it drives them away. Truth can, powerful truth, I believe, can be very simple, mm, that's very, true. very soft. You know, the Bible tells us, and you know, when we look at the life of the great prophet, God did not come in the loud noise. He came in a still, small voice. And, mm. and for me, when I, can, when I can calm my life down, in the stillness and the quietness, he comes. And his spirit will say, you know, this is something that we ought to work on, Dwight. You want to? And it's never condemning. And it brings me to tears because it's always powerful. Because a loving father is never, ever trying to hurt, condemn, or destroy but always challenging. I wonder what would happen today if you didn't live afraid of saying this. And when I look at the relationships in my own life, my marriage, my closest family, when I had the courage because I was so at peace, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me. So I know God loves me and I know that God gave me a sense of saying, you're too political, you're too aggressive. You drive your kids away with your attitude and your preaching and it's not drawing them close. Right. And then when they get all puffed up, I can say, I, I love you and I want to see you have a restored relationship. And then here's the power. The greatest courage for me is when I'm able to say, hi, my name's Dwight and I'm a sinner. And I share my story of healing, my story of redemption, how Jesus Christ changed my heart over fear and lust and pride and lies and arrogance and envy. And I'm able to say, Jesus changed my life. I don't have to carry that old baggage. And I found, because I work with a lot of people in very high level leadership positions, when I can say I'm Dwight and I'm a sinner, and, 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 and here's how God changed areas. Mm. It's what I think Brene Brown, the researcher, would call vulnerability. Yeah. It's not an area of of weakness to admit weakness because only the very strong or the very weak admit their weakness. That's true. When somebody's able to say, I don't know, I think that's when they go to a coach. And sometimes that's when a coach tells them the truth. Others are afraid to say, especially mm. for the CEO, for the big boss. Right. And then someone can hold them accountable because coaching is, is asking questions. It's a triple A asking questions and then developing an action plan mm -hmm. and then holding people accountable. Amen. That's right. What do you think are the issues? What do you think that we could do about that? And how can I hold you accountable to do that? And when yeah. individuals are willing to say, I'll sign up for that, they will experience profound transformation and change. Absolutely. So it sounds like we have um, two sides to this. One is the people that are receiving this. And, you know, we need to have the courage to, to step out in boldness and also at the same time present that in love. And I think probably one of the best things that you would agree upon is to pray in advance and make sure that their, their heart is prepared. But on the other side, now we have us. Because a lot of times we have a tendency to deflect. We think everybody else is the problem. They're not receiving. They're the problem. When in reality, we really do want to be able to deal with the things that are going on inside of us. And I know that a lot of our listeners are probably listening right now and they're saying, Dwight, teach me how to talk like that. <laughs> teach me how to speak that kind of truth in love. So please let our listeners know, Dwight, on where they can reach you, how they can get in touch with you and how they can work with you. Well, thanks, Chris, because when I think about speaking the truth in love, it's a simple 
simple process. Remember, Jesus told stories, mm. but he mostly asked questions, over 300 questions, 10 times more questions recorded in the Gospels that the master asked questions about instead of parables. Parables are powerful, but mostly it's right. questions. So when people say, well, I wonder what I could do next. If you want to be encouraged with the work that I believe God has called me to, you can follow me on social media at Dwight Bain, D-W-I-G-H-T-B-A-I-N, just at Dwight Bain across all social media platforms, www.lifeworksgroup.org, lifeworksgroup.org. And we have a YouTube channel. We post every single day, multiple times a day. These are things Mm -hmm. that will help you make life work better. That's what I'm about. And and part of that is to communicate with people that I love dearly. And someone that I pray for every single day is a coach, a woman of wisdom. Her name is Chris Reese. And you're dear to me. And I'm glad we have a few minutes together. I am too. Dwight, it has been such an honor and a privilege to have you here. I will go ahead and include all of your links in the show notes, as well as the description section on the website. So Dwight, thank you so much for your time and being here and sharing your wisdom with us today. I greatly appreciate it. It's such an honor. Thanks. Until next time, remember, all things are possible with God. For more information from Chris Reese, visit chrisreese.com forward slash podcast. That's K-R-I-S-R-E-E-C-E dot com forward slash podcast.